Hi and welcome to Boom It's on the Blockchain. My name is Alistair Caithness. We are on our 69th show. It's a special number to a lot of people out there. And today we have our cybersecurity experts going to join us on the show. And we're going to be speaking about some of the problems Google have experienced in the last week. So welcome to the show, guys. Great, great. Thank you, Alistair, for having us. Good morning, sir. Welcome back. Yes. Good, good. So we're just going to crack on with the show, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about Google and some of the problems they've had recently. So let's bring in the Google Bard AI. So let me share my screen with you just now. Let's bring this in. Let's put this up. Let's have a look. So a factual error by Bard AI chat box just cost Google $100 billion dollars. So give us a bit of a background behind this thing, guys. So Google created their first public AI. They said they've had this on the backside for many years, never made it public. They bring it out and it crashed. It reminds me of Windows release of 1995. It was a big old crash. Um, It did not pull accurate information. It was not very complete. In fact, some of it was so far off that people could find faster results using Microsoft Ping. So it was a very dangerous thing. Um, They lose $100 billion into this. Um, That number is partly of their stock crashing, partly of people just not going Mm -hmm. to support it now going forward. And it's it's not a big deal for us every day as AI is growing, but it's a big deal for them because they're trying to compete against other AI applications out there on the market. AI system. So what is the Google chat AI about to do that's different from how Google yeah. works right now? You know, just like chat GPT is where they're trying to go. Um, I, I like to use the term operationalizing the analytics piece, right? To have it real time that in its knowledge it can pull the data, it can do these things. And what's happening now, it's still in its early stages, right? And, you know, when you're training the data model and et cetera, it takes time to perfect it. And if you're trying to rush this to market, you know, and you're not really testing it, right? Because when you're building data models, right, you have to really let, you know, you have to keep going over it, repeat, repeat until you get it to perfection. You know, you can't just deploy something really fast. This AI doesn't really, when when it comes to natural language processing and things of that nature, and you want to, at the same time, you want to operationalize this analytics piece to real time and where like chat GPT, you're perfecting it, right? We like to use the term generative AI, right? When And that's what they're trying to do, uh, Google, but it's just, it takes time, and when you're trying to rush to go to market with it, you know um, this is this is the results. This is the problem that you get um, when when so, it comes so, to AI. So, who's their main competition for this, and why are they rushing to market? Obviously, ChatGPT, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that is their main 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 competition, right? Um, yeah, I mean, just just you know, it, it all boils down to in your back end, you know, you're, you know, in that area of the analytics, your data scientists, the AI folks who really understands, you know, of building data models and really understanding the machine learning aspects. And I, I know I'm speaking a little technical and everything, but 
um, understanding the algorithms, and then you 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 you're wanting to operationalize this, right? I would say Chat Chat GPT is 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 doing a great job at that. So with this generative AI AI that rush, right? And this is this is what you see going on. But yeah, with Google Chat GPT is that this is like their main main competitor. So I was going to say, you know, uh, Microsoft came out with another AI that uses your search engines, kind of like Google's mm -hmm. uh, AI uses. It uses search engines to find the information and tries to correlate it. So they're trying to put AI inside their browser where Google had announced that they would go through. So it's not just one type of chat AI that they're going after. They're going after everybody. Kind of like when they took over the marketing right. for search yeah. engine, they're going after it. They're going to incorporate it into Chrome. They're going to incorporate it into your email. They're going to yeah. get into those nitty gritty areas and doing. So this AI is actually competing on multiple fronts and things like that. But yeah, ChatPGT is their biggest competitor right now. But the Google chat is going to be so much function into everybody's. Mm -hmm. Combining audio, text, and Excel. And then how's that going to affect Apple? Um, it's going to make a big effect on Apple. Here's why. Apple's been leading, leading in areas of, you know, the software and hardware of it. And Apple leads in privacy when they start putting Chrome on the devices, when they start putting Microsoft Edge on devices, when they start incorporating emails through third party, it's going to affect them heavily because of what it's going to do is violate Apple's privacy. Apple now has to start developing an AI to compete against this, to keep privacy, to compete against in the market of changing every day in this aspect. So what are they going to have to do to combat this then, John? Are they going to have to acquire someone else out in the market or what's going to work? Well, they're going to acquire. You know, Apple loves to buy people up and use it. That's going to be a big thing. Also, another thing that they're going to do is they're going to have to bring in the more developers into this area, unique developers into IA, data chaining, blockchaining. All this goes into this IA format. Yeah. And then they're going to have to bring in another set of security experts in just privacy security to make sure they keep that Apple brand of security. Yeah, yeah, it's it's AI, John, not IA. I know Sorry, <laughs> I I see the the your board here. I was reading it's AI. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. not not a problem at all. So so let me bring in. So this is like the first problem is Google's dealt with this week. So let's bring in the second, which is another major problem with Google right now. So give us a bit of background how this has actually happened, John. Yes. So this is where. A cell phone was taken over and it was transferred to another SIM card and all the information that was coming across that phone was sent to the new SIM card. It's called SIM jacking. Um, Google's not the first to have it, but they were exposed uh, as one of the biggest things. And it wasn't just happening to one individual. It's happening to hundreds of individuals on this aspect. So what it did is it gave people access to their MFA, their emails, their passwords, their bio, fingerprints, all whatever was on their cell phone was transferred to this new SIM card. So how much should people be worrying about this at home then, John? Well, I mean, 
it's something you've got to watch out for. Um, is it something that you're going to have to be watched more in the future? Yes. Um, as we do more and more off our cell phones and more and more our com cell phones become our computers versus, you know, having a standard PC, you're going to see this grow. Um, the the Google, AT&T, Verizon, they need to be stepping up and helping prevent this too because it's not just your name that's going to go down. It's their name going to go down because we buy the devices from them. We buy the SIM cards from them to be put on their network. They need to provide the protection. Yeah, I had a bit of problem with T-Mobile this week as well. They just it, My phone just cut out for basically 18 hours. And up came the message, just SOS. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I contacted T-Mobile eventually, uh, I went through and I went to the false line. They said 80,000 people were without service in Southern California during that period, John. And it's amazing. You lose your, you lose your life basically for yep. 18 hours. And then I contact T-Mobile and they said, yeah, sorry, our engineers are working 24-7 to fix it. I went, how long is it going to take to get fixed? 72 hours yeah <laughs> i'll tell you what we'll do we'll give you 40 dollars off your bill you know yeah so, and that's so I, that's not good enough and in this day and age that's not truly not good enough um you you were one of the few that got hit and i say few because eighty thousand compared to the hundreds of million people they have and that's how they're going to view it you were some of the few but you're not t-mobile's not the first company that's experienced this at&t goes through this verizon just did it in here in the nashville area where people were down for almost a day doing the same thing it's you know there's no backups there's no redundancy across the network there's no protection across the network so when these engineers make a mistake it affects everybody and nothing happens nobody gets nobody sees anything out of it except for us losing our entire life for that day yeah I, when i was a student i used to work for british telecom mm -hmm. in the faults the faults department so it was bt faults in aberdeen in scotland now when it rained and it rains in scotland a lot <laughs> basically you would get thousands of faults there'd be a sign up we have currently got four hundred and thirty-two thousand faults in the uk <laughs> and then it, the, the rain would stop and the lines would dry up. You know, it was the old sort of copper lines. That, you know, they transferred it before, but it was before mm -hmm. it was fiber data. Um, and then suddenly people's faults would stop happening again. But it was crazy how much it was back then. And the technology back then was, you know, not very advanced. You know, you're going back right. to the, like the 1990, late 1990s, basically, 95, 96. You know, that's showing my age. But at the time, and everyone would phone in and they would go, and I've never said sorry so many times in my life because you would have a headset <laughs> and there would just be the minute the call was released, another call came yep. through. There's no yep. call. It was just like the next person. I've been on the phone waiting 46 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I get it. And I feel sorry for the customer customer service reps because they're going to get the brunt of it. I really do. Okay. And I, I, I apologize to you if I ever was over there and made that call to you. But, you know, it's not just the fact that the customers are losing it. Businesses are losing revenue. So much is done off of a phone or an application these days that Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're not just losing customers. They're losing revenue prices and things like that. So it's got a bigger effect. But then who's the actual blame for it? You know, the application trying to get to your bank to, you know, move money around so you can pay for 
dinner and it's, you know, you're down versus, you know, the guy that's got to pay for his son's childcare can't pay for it because the phone's down. So who's actually the blame? Is it the phone? Is it the person not carrying cash or debit card with them? There's just so many unknowns into this, but it really does affect everybody's life when this happens. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, as Mila was saying, it's like a loss of service can cause loss of revenue. revenue. You know, I, yeah. I, I get that as well. And, you know, I remember the amount of people I would come in and then I actually started reading mm-hmm. it was BT annual reports. So we're uploaded into the system. So I started to put them into the system and reading them back. And they were basically cutting the amount of engineers HUD, but increasing the amount of people who worked in the customer service. You know, yep. that's basically, uh, so how can that actually be? How can you expect to offer the same service whereby you've got more and more customer service people, but less and less people working behind the scenes, you know? That's what we're going through right now. I mean, everybody's cutting hands, cutting feet, cutting people. Uh, we're experiencing that heavy loss right now in the economy. It's you've got to work harder with fewer people and expect higher revenue, higher processes out of these people. It's, it's going to create massive burnout in the next couple of years. So you're going to see it. And, you know, it happens every so many years anyways. Yeah. Here's Daniel back. I know he's having some technical problems as well. Yep. Anything to add on that at all, Daniel? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I don't know if you all heard of uh, RPA, you know, robotic process automation and where tasks redundant tasks, what they're doing now with like particularly customer services and things of that nature's tasks that's just redundant, that cuts down the time to do a, you know, provide a customer service where it may take in 30 minutes to an hour um, using RPA can cut that time drastically. And so that's what automation, right, is is just what's taking over. And, it, you know, basic customer, even some basic IT type task, um, task, any task that's repetitive, you know, a lot of these businesses are now, that's how they're streamlining. They, you're utilizing RPA to, to basically, you know, streamline their, you know, their processes, any manual processes as repetitive, they automating it, right? Um, it's, it's automatic hacking everywhere. The, lo- the longer I speak to you guys, the worse things get for me, you know? <laughs> well, we got to keep our jobs valuable, so yeah. we're going to make sure you know. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I mean, it's, uh, I've stopped yeah. my McAfee software as well. So I'm getting like, <laughs> I'm getting pumped like, you know, every day, you know, you're unprotected. I've been looking at different ones online. I've seen some that are offering around about $19 rather than $150. What do you guys recommend mm-hmm. for people at home like me who suddenly decided he didn't want to play McAfee? Well, you know, McAfee software company, $150 for protection. You know, what should people do for their like their home computer protection? So it really depends to... on what you feel comfortable. You get paid what you yeah. what you get, uh, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, yeah. I personally don't use McAfee. I have Fortinet um, throughout my system. Because I, I use intrusion prevention and detection, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it. Um, AVG is out there. It's come well known in things like that, so you can do that. Um, there are several others into that area now. Um, you can work with some big corporate companies and get sometimes reduced or even free service for home users. 
But with all of us working at home now, we've got mm -hmm. to start thinking about the ability to protect not just our corporate machines, but our home machines and how we protect our computers and things. Because mm -hmm. malware is showing up on washing machines, yep. dishwashers. Um, there's even one guy that uh, yep. ransomware took over his computer or his TV. This one. So let's talk about SMS hacking, guys. So this article's coming here. It's how hackers can use message mirroring apps to see all your SMS texts and bypass 2FA security. So, you know, for people about home, you know, most people have an Apple phone or an Android phone, but are either of these phones safe against this type of hacking? So whether you have an Apple or Android, you can have this happen to you. Um, these are usually right. sent through yeah. a messaging application, WhatsApp, Facebook, uh, you know, LinkedIn. You ask, somebody asks you to download something, you download it, you give yeah. them permission to your device, and it runs through. Um, it's really not set to a particular phone or carrier. It's everybody's affected in this, and it's become it's truly becoming the user's ability to spot bad things when it comes to them. Anything to add, Daniel? Yeah, exactly. Like John said, security awareness. Any, you know, not downloading third-party apps. Um, strictly, you, if you're going to download an app, you know, download it from the application of the carrier, particularly if it's, you know, app, Apple from the App Store, or if it's Android from, from the uh, Android Store, right? Um, you know, any other apps downloading from your browser right third-party apps or even particularly gaming apps because this is generally where this happens where <clears throat> more of a lot of users are playing gaming apps like solitaire or just your basic gaming apps or even from facebook uh these are games that's how they're able to get in and, and with these mirror apps and actually bypass your your two-factor authentication so yeah it's just security awareness and 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 on the user end and making sure that they're only downloading apps from the 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 owner of the phone iphone apple or android yeah so people who use sort of um play like casino you know like the slot machines on yep, their phones exactly millions yep. of people do that you know mm -hmm. so they're, they're yeah and a lot of those Believe it or not, a lot of those are, are ATs, rats, the remote access Trojans inside those games that you're playing to allow them mm -hmm. to do this. Um, yep. That is that is the biggest way that they get into your system is yep. through a rat. Exactly. Somebody's dog barking. Yeah, that would be mine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your own security system out the back there, John. You know, <laughs> that well, that's well, that's, that's the first security, security right? John. <laughs> old school. That's the first security you need. Yeah, yeah that's the deterrent. It, she does. <laughs> she really does. You'd be surprised how many yeah. people have. You know, she takes them running. <laughs> takes them running. Exactly. I, I, I'm yeah. already scared of your dog, John. I've not even seen it yet. You know. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. been great then, guys. That's been a great show. We've yeah. talked a little bit about problems Google's facing. They lost 7%, yeah. $102 billion actually dropped off their uh, stock price. I'm mm -hmm. sure they'll make all that back up, people, you oh, know? Yeah. So it's oh, yeah. just um, yeah. anyone who's hedging the markets that day probably get the bounce back yeah. the next day. 
But, you know, but it just goes to show you when you always think there's not a new technology come in, you know, everyone started using MySpace, social media, suddenly Facebook came on, swamped those guys. Rupert Murdoch mm-hmm. bought MySpace for 500 million back oh, in the yeah. day. And then yep. I just saw, and they sold it to Justin Timberlake for 25 million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just yeah. goes to show you that it's just uh, either Justin Timberlake's bought the biggest donkey in the world or <laughs> he's bought, <laughs> he's going to re- <laughs> rebuild this thing to something yeah. good. But it just shows yeah. you overnight with technology, things can come from nowhere and become the major yeah. player. And I think with AI and uh, all the new chat um, AI stuff coming in, that there's going to be some changes to the market space as well. So absolutely, th- absolutely. I, I wanted to add, Alistair, even AI in cybersecurity is, is has some huge, huge potential um, as it relates to allowing the machine to to you know from an algorithm level protection and et cetera, more of privacy and et cetera, like federated learning, um, particularly in the areas of decentralized applications. And so utilizing AI and cybersecurity, I know we, we're at the dawn of it, but it's, it's showing some promising um, aspects when it comes to, to privacy, um, which which definitely in, in this space is in cybersecurity or in, from a user perspective is, is what they're looking for, is, is more of privacy. Perfect. Okay, well, thanks very much for the show again today, guys. That's been great. Um, Just want to say goodbye to the guys. Goodbye, Daniel. Bye, John. Yep. Thank you, sir. Thank you again for having us. Thank you again. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. No problem at all. You've been watching Boom It's on the Blockchain. My name's Alistair Caithness. Have a nice day.